Hey, baby. Hey. Naomi and Andy here with yep. a quick cue slash request. Yes. So, okay, Acast is doing these audience surveys, okay? We put the link in the show notes. The link is going to be in the link tree on our on Instagram and everything like that. Here's the thing, Naomi. Yeah. You know, we're already pretty choosy about the ads right. that we allow on the show. No weapons manufacturers. Raytheon, get out of here. Yeah. Screw off, Raytheon. But we want to make sure that the ads are kind of tailored to y'all. Right. Okay? Right? Say you want to hear ads for a different world DVD box sets. We need to know that. We, we need can to go out that. to them. We can get the word <laughs> out. But we only can get the word out if you give us the word. So you got to fill out the survey. It is quick, quick, quick. And it just lets us know if the ads you're hearing are the right ads for you. Yeah. So get on over to the show notes where that link is or the Couples Therapy link tree and fill out that quick survey so we can pass the word on to ACAST. All right. Roll it. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Open your hearts, loosen your butts, the holes in particular it's time for couples therapy yeah this podcast is andy and naomi's where they can both laugh and hang with all their homies talking excellent vacationing with brunches and cuddling to messy situationships and conscious and coupling from netflix hookups to single them with some hulu text sex regrets so feeling on your new jubu they gonna talk about it ah yeah you are invited ah needing therapy i guarantee baby we got it it's cup of couples Hello, everyone, and welcome to Couples Therapy. My name is Naomi. And my name is Andy. And we're a real-life couple. A real-life couple of comedians. And on Couples Therapy, we answer a couple of questions from a couple of listeners. Ooh, baby. Today's a special day, ain't it? The day that we're recording it? Because today, the day we're recording it, we, we decided to do this first thing in the morning. Get it out of the way. Is that what you're talking about? The day that this is dropping. Oh, the day that this episode is dropping, December 7th. Yes. What's so special? It's a day that will live in infancy. Oh, because it's your birthday. Yes. It's your birthday. Yes, honey, it it's is. It's your birthday. What's the what's the version of it that's... Uh, actually, every version of Happy Birthday now is... Uh, is uh, Free to use? Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. Who are the two sisters who wrote the original Happy Birthday song and then cashed in? I don't know. Giving away the copyright for 100 years. Well, that copyright's over. Now it's public domain. You can sing Happy Birthday. You can sing Happy Birthday (laughs) 
to. Don't use that voice. Don't sing it in that voice. This is well, this is this is the first thing in the morning we're recording. So obviously my beautiful singing voice is not, you know, full and in bloom yet. Okay, we're gonna blame the morning time. <laughs> yes, <laughs> not the fact that I grew up listening to Nirvana and indie rock. Yes, that is what we will blame. Another year older, another year wiser. Well, not necessarily wiser. Look, another year older. Okay, I've made it another year without getting the cocoa, and that's a true blessing and well, a true no. gift. I'm gonna yes, that is a true gift. I'm gonna throw this at you though. Name one thing, just one thing you have learned in the last year. One thing that I've learned in the last year. Because I bet you are a little wiser. Now, my parents would say I'm a little Weisenheimer. <laughs> but I would say you're a little wiser. I really can't think of anything I learned. <laughs> That's a bummer. <laughs> you be setting me up, and I'm like, I don't have an answer. Like, I'm not good, like, off the cuff. <laughs> so I have no idea what I learned. I'm sure I learned something, but I wouldn't count it. Obviously, it wasn't big enough for me to just be able to call on in a moment. I, I'll, I'll say something that uh, that I bet, well, maybe you didn't learn this, but maybe, I think you've come into your power a little more this year. Interesting. You uh, you really uh, killed it with uh, your Netflix special taping. Yeah, and uh, to to be TBD when it will be out, but it'll be out before the year's over. But, but, and yeah. I would say watching you just absolutely slay. Mm. Uh huh. Uh huh. I'd say you know, <laughs> in this calendar year, fifty eight. 70 whatever yeah for us as jews <laughs> this calendar year i would say that uh that you coming into your power a little more that's a that's something to to be proud of thank you very much then i'll take it i am more in my power as i'm way year closer to death <laughs> so that's gorgeous how you feeling andy how does it feel to be with an older woman <laughs> meaning a woman who has gotten older who has gotten older right <laughs> Still younger than me. That's true. That's true. Still useful, even though I would say you look younger than me. I think we both look. I like. I think we both look young. Deceptively. Deceptively young, which I love because I'm all about yeah. deception. But <laughs> <laughs> truly, if I if I did not use moisturizer, I would look like the crypt keeper. Oh my god, you would never look like a crypt keeper. Your cheeks are too full. You know, crypt keeper. He's all gone. Boys and ghouls, if I don't use my moisture, die, sir. Okay, okay. Well, we're gonna blame. <laughs> what does the? Uh, sorry, that's more like what the crypt keeper sounds like. <laughs> that's not nice in people's ears. Remember, <laughs> it's my birthday. <laughs> it's true. You know what? We made you know a vow eleven years ago. Mm-hmm. I promised on her birthday I would not try to do the crypt keeper's voice, <laughs> and I'm sorry I failed you this year, Naomi. <laughs> It's okay. It's okay. You were really good for seven years in a row. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Naomi. Yes. On this special day of days. Yes. We have a special episode because we have a good friend on this one. We've got a dear friend, a truly wonderful soul who has taken us in in Los Angeles, the hysterical, the brilliant Jenna Friedman. Jenna is a writer, a comedian. Perhaps you know her show Soft Focus on Adult Swim. Mm. Perhaps you saw the Borat sequel that she co-wrote. And was Oscar nominated for. Oscar nom, baby. But right now, you can watch Jenna's new show, Indefensible, on Sundance TV. And it is in the true crime space, but it is 
smart. It is incisive. It is educational. She's basically taking to task and calling out somebody's crazy, not just what these people have done, but how they've managed to get away with it. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you will be infuriated, but you will also laugh. And if that's not living, I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah, if that isn't life in 2021, then I don't know what else would be a better avatar exactly. for existence right now. Naomi, where can people see this? They can see it on Sundance TV. Hell yes. The AMC Plus app. Great. All right. And just like get in there, find it, make it happen, watch it, okay? No excuses. It's so great. And Jenna, I mean, she's out here directing this thing, getting that edit together. This is her baby, okay? This is her baby. You've got to at least say, I saw your baby and your baby is cute. <laughs> Do you think we cracked Jenna? I don't think we cracked her. No, God, no. It's so funny. For someone who is a dear friend, no, we didn't crack her. <laughs> I think it's because she is... Um, a cracker that can't be cracked. <laughs> Holy shit. Okay, now that was your birthday gift to me. You saying a cracker that can't be cracked. That shit, I'm dead. I'm dead. That is wild and gorgeous <laughs> and beautiful. And that is a real tender gift. <laughs> Whew, hold on. Let's just sit in it for one more second. Cracker that can't be cracked. Oh, my God. I can't wait. Now, before we get into Jenna, though. I think we need to tell people about what we be doing off the free feed. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, yes. Uh, we have a Patreon. It yes, helps support, I would say, 90% of the show. Absolutely. And uh, twice a month, we're coming at you. Yep. With episodes that are just me and Naomi. Mm-hmm. Kind of dishing. We're dishing. <laughs> we're dishing, Naomi. We're spilling tea. <laughs> we're recommending movie shows and music. We're taking you behind the sick curtain of showbiz, behind the sick curtain of our relationship. Well, I wouldn't call that a sick curtain. <laughs> I would say the sick curtain of showbiz or perhaps the beloved curtain of our love. Healthy curtain? There's a sick Yeah, pretty much. I would curtain. say I would say I would say pretty healthy curtain. A sick curtain, a we, healthy curtain, a Jane curtain. We That's <laughs> those are the options in this relationship. <laughs> I know that was more for that was more you Thank me you. making a Jane Curtin reference. I said, "Who's this for?" Andrew Beckerman. After he gave me a cracker who couldn't be cracked, I had to give him back something nowhere near as nice. But the point is, the Patreon, honey, two episodes a month for just five bucks. We are having fun. We're communicating. You're getting a deep dive with us on all sorts of things that we don't cover here, because you know usually we're answering questions with a guest. Yeah, and it really does help support the show because really we do all the work ourselves. Yes, absolutely. I mean, by we, you know, mostly Andrew, I would say, you know, <laughs> the editing, the booking, the mixing, the engineering, you know. And so, honestly, every every bit helps. Um, every Jubu t-shirt you buy helps. Yeah. And uh, before we get into it, I just want a quick plug for my other podcast beginnings. Can you believe him? Two podcasts. I've been fucking killing it <laughs> with this show. Uh, doing some really great interviews. So, so basically on the show, I do deep dives into the childhoods and early lives of artists I admire. And uh, I mean, just in the last year, I've talked to people like Ron Moore, the creator of the new Battlestar Galactica, Michaela Watkins, who is a... a, a a guest on this show. He's been on every TV show in the world. Ian Mackay of Fugazi. And coming up, this is what this is why I want to like just put a little plug out here because the twelfth anniversary is coming up next 12 month. Twelve years. Andy's been with this podcast longer than he's been with me. Okay. This is a, his longest relationship. <laughs> I just did some amazing interviews. John Linnell of They Might Be Giants is coming mm -hmm. up. And uh Rebecca Gibney. 
a wonderful New Zealand actor who you uh, co-creator of also this Netflix show Wanted, which yeah. is just brilliant. And those were really great. So uh, I just wanted to. I don't know. I, I feel <laughs> I no. feel a little shamed, but no, I'm also no like shamed I feel proud. I'm like I, I think I, I do really good interviews on that. You show, do so. great interviews. The people who have come on have been loving it. The listeners are loving it. You put a lot of work in, honey. You dive deep. You're like an indie rock Dr. Phil. <laughs> oh you, no, don't I know get... he's bad, but I couldn't think of like another you know person <laughs> that other people would know. You like an indie rock Ayanna Van like, Zandt. You're like an indie rock uh, Dr. Oz. I'm like, no, 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 no not that not one either. either. <laughs> you're an indie rock Rachel uh, Ray. You're an indie rock uh, uh, Dr. Mangala. Oh, oh no, <laughs> oh no, it's getting worse. Oh boy. Oh. You know what, honey? We are off the rails and we need to get to Jenna, okay? Hey, before we do, happy birthday, Naomi. Thanks, Andy. Because it's my birthday, do I get to say it? Roll it. I like doing these with our good friends because there's a certain already a certain level of intimacy here. Yes, yeah, a comfort. Too much. <laughs> too, much into- too much. I'm afraid I'm going to say something just thinking we're talking. Well, here's the thing. If there's, I'll say this. If there's things you don't want to talk about, just say I don't want to talk about that. This because this is the thing. We already know a lot about your relationship history. So, and I'm like, well, what don't you want to talk about? Or what is off limits? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's just so funny because I feel like you know we only knew you like like a little in New York, but really it's like in LA we've truly come together, and in particular in the pandemic, you know, because you came to own property with an outdoor space, and that really just changed the game because it turns out all four of us were equally afraid of the cocoa. Yes, um, I've been very afraid of it. Um, I think um, Pandemic LA is my favorite version of LA. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. I, I, I see why, you know, LA can, I see some beautiful aspects of LA that I think I ignored in the past. It's taken me a long time to get out here. And I just, I love New Yorkers. Right. So the fact that we, I think, I think we kind of came out around the same time. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just think that in general, like our hearts, all of us, including uh, Josh, uh, we all have the same kind of like Jewish (laughs) anxious energy within us. Mm -hmm. And I think that is the bond that ties. The tie that binds. The tie tie that binds. The tie that binds. Andy, you made me feel so sane during the pandemic with your neuroses. Uh-huh. <laughs> Andy, you're so mentally ill <laughs> that you made me feel normal by comparison. I know. I felt. Left. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> um, you know, you mentioned Josh, Andy. Josh, for the listener, is Jenna's uh, now husband. I think partner. Say. You've already told so much. I haven't. Told, I haven't told anyone because we we are basically like really excited about just kind of keeping our lives private. I think you know we're both somewhat public but not not by la standards but it is nice to kind of keep things private but yeah i'm happy i'm fine to know we had we went to um smorgasbord this weekend our friend uh he um this guy zach he's really cool he like books the um vendors okay this is not about zach today okay <laughs> we don't need to plug in zach and his establishment yeah fuck zach do you like how i'm just like changing the topic i'm like so that, okay, there's let me 
So I'll let me walk you through the vendors at Smorgasbord. <laughs> that will take up the whole hour. <laughs> we can we can uh, swerve. What what are what you know? What are you comfortable talking about? Or like what are you? Because like I, actually, one of the things that we we. Naomi and I uh, constantly, I don't know if we ever talked to you about this, but like we're constantly trying to figure out what are the boundaries between the public personas. Cause like the public persona is not like a skin we put on. It's not like we're like, you know, we get into public and we're these like wacky characters, right? We are. It's more like a valve or a filter, right? And like whether, how much are you opening up that valve, you know, for the purposes of entertainment, connection, and then where does entertainment. Uh, veer into possible betrayal of your partner. <laughs> oh yeah, no. Josh is what I mean. One of the cool. I mean, there's so many cool things about him, but one I think is just how, as a performer, he totally understands. Um, and he there's he's never once said like, "Don't say that on stage." It's less about him. I think it's more just like right. I, I guess I do have this hang up, which I I do talk about it a little bit. Like I think like. And maybe it's our generation of, like, female comics because it's, like, different now. But I do remember coming up, like, all of the opportunities available to female comics if we just talked about sex. And, like, the expectation of us to, like, kiss and tell or talk about sex on stage. Um, And I joke about how, like, I did at first and then it got to a point where I just was like, I don't want to do this, even if it's profitable. And that's why nobody knows me. (laughs) No. uh, <laughs> so and so is making millions from talking about sex. Isn't that what your mom said recently? Oh my god! So yes, I, forget, I forget the name of the person, but we I love can name like, the person. That's fine. But like, she's talking about sex, and I was like, yeah. God, we wish. You know, again, Jenna, Doctor Ruth, <laughs> Doctor Ruth, <laughs> and I really wanted to tell, tell, reply to your mom, be like, I could never. I'm sex negative, but then I didn't want to have to explain to your mother what sex negative was. She gets it. She's just, just negative, negative. She's like, you're speaking my language. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yes. yeah and then also i do think like for performers now there is there's such an expectation to be for have for people to see you and i think that really like came into the forefront with like podcasting it's like people buy tickets for personalities people they are friends with it's not even about the art as much as it is about about the person so then the backlash of like how do you separate the art from the artist has really come because now it's 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 like we're, we're buying into people's identities. That's that's how we're consuming music and art and film. Not film as much, but I would say, I think, comedy and maybe music a little bit more. Yeah. I don't know. I go see Wes Anderson's films for his... Uh... <laughs> nothingness the nothingness of the person behind the, yeah. the shell of a human behind the films the expressionless <laughs> cold human behind yeah. the films. it's really like um the the gaffer that's <laughs> you know it's like i'm, I'm like a gaffer's ga- like it's just like that's who you're i you're a gaffer's I go- gaffer is that what yeah you're no, i'm just it's just funny because it's like you know i don't i realize like i don't know the screenwriters to some of my favorite movies and i feel really bad about that when that happens but i was just thinking like wouldn't it be funny if you just like went to see the movie by the gaffer like whoever gaffed like it's like you're that's you got it right away i didn't (laughs) (laughs) i mean jenna did you like were you kind of like a private person before you became a comedian um yeah i I mean like uh I don't know if it's private. I think it's just, it's more just a reaction to like how, 
I think we're enculturated in comedy, like how harshly we're judged. Or like, I remember when I was first doing comedy, just like the rumors about like other women who are successful, I would just hear and it would like diminish their success. So I just got like paranoid. I remember being at the comedy cellar and I was like talking to a guy comic and he left and I was like, we were just friends, but I'm like, can you not, can you not walk out with me? Cause I don't want people to think that we're having sex or something. And we weren't having sex and he like laughed at about it but i'm like when you're a young comic and people don't know who you are they just think you're you know not so i don't know i think i think just like being in this world it kind of made me like paranoid for no reason if i were like let everyone think we're having sex that's when i'll get booked like i don't know (laughs) it's just like i think i think we probably i think there's like a level of like just like doing comedy for 15 years like in our just working in this like weirdly unregulated industry and it's not like a i don't want to i don't like it's not like a pity party or anything, but I think that there's like a level of paranoia that we've all gotten just from being, you know, in, in this world. Yeah. Well, totally. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's the, like, I think about this a lot that the, besides like the actual horrific traumatic stuff that comes from, you know, misogyny and racism, it, there's also, it throws this kind of uncertainty into everything that I think makes the day to day as fucked up as like those bigger problematic things where like, you don't know if you've gotten something or you didn't get something because you weren't good enough or whether it's just because uh, you're a woman or Naomi, because she's black or whatever, or because it's like, Oh, well she's a woman, but I don't have a chance of having sex with her. So it's not worthwhile to have her around, which I think is like something I always think about, you know, like even if somebody's not trying to, even if someone's not, getting with you it oftentimes feels like when you're dealing with like a straight a single straight man it's almost like they kind of want the option or the illusion of the option for you to be an appealing woman to even like interact with because i've definitely felt like oh i see like i can tell like if a man either doesn't think i'm attractive or just knows you know i'm not unavailable the extent to which he'll just like see through me do you know what i mean like i'm like oh you don't i'm not here right now okay okay i'm gonna go Sit down. Yeah, that's definitely real. Or if like the, or if you reject them, then they just ice you out from like professional opportunities, even though you didn't like. Yeah, it's 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 a whole minefield. Right, a true minefield. I mean, but you've also it's interesting because, you know, for all that minefield and paranoia, it really does seem like to me, whether you've wanted to or not, you have you know sort of establish yourself as a voice comedically who will call that stuff out. Yeah. And I say that whether you want to or not, it's because I do think there's a point sometimes, right, where obviously you speak your mind and you say what you think and you call out the bullshit and, like, you know, even your new show, Indefensible, AMC Plus, okay? (laughs) You are, like, you know what I mean? Like, you are talking about stuff and really calling out and some of the stuff you say to these, like, white dudes on camera, on the record are just amazing but I also know that there are times when sometimes, you know, someone maybe comes to you and is like, can I get you to speak on the record about X, Y, or Z? You know, and you being like, I don't want to. You know what I mean? Or it's like, well, I don't know if I want to wade in that water. Well, what are some, so I know that like if I've signed an NDA, that's typically when I'm like, <laughs> but um, what, like in your mind, what are examples of things we can maybe edit this out that like I've been. About sexual sexual harassment, comedian assaulters, like where, for instance, you know, it wasn't your experience with that person, but they know that you are a female comedian who speaks about this stuff. So do you want to comment on this person or this situation? 
Well, I mean, I think, you know, I, I did, I did, there was like that time where um, I was like promoting self-focus and the New Yorker reached out to ask about Louie and it was just like, well, this is like the only time I'm going to talk about it and it's because it's the New Yorker and I felt dirty about it. I really did. Um, but I also was like, you know, there's, there's interesting stuff to say. They're not going to take me out of context. And I think that, that, that Isaac, uh, Chotner or whatever, who did the interview, did a pretty good job at kind of, um, documenting, you know, what I was saying. But I also think there, there's this, like, if I don't want to talk about something, it's less about me and more just about that. Like, why do female comics have to like be the ones to excuse this behavior or, or put our necks in a line to, you know, talk about this stuff. Why is everyone so obsessed with these guys who mm-hmm. are, are, are still working, you know? So I think, like, I, 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 ha- I can't think of, like, a time I've been, like, afraid to say something, but it's more, I think, just, like, you know, what's the point? Like, why? And, like, is it important? Is, is there a reason to insert my voice yeah, into this? Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, right. like less fear, but more you're like, is it on me to say it? Like, or, you know what I mean? Like, Or, like, why do, why do I have to, like, you have nothing to do with, with these shitheads, right? Yeah. So why yeah. am I the one, uh, yeah, guys, I'm coming out and calling Louis C.K. a shithead, okay, all right? Okay, Andy, you're gonna get canceled and nominated for a Grammy. I, I'm gonna get canceled. <laughs> Careful. I'm gonna get canceled by the incels. But, like, but like that, I think that's the thing, is that, like, if you are outspoken and a woman, somehow you are now a lightning rod for having to, for being the person who will talk about these kinds of things in public. And, whether that I think that's what you were getting at, right? Yeah. I mean, we're like it's like whether you want to or not, you know, because you will, and, and we we do keep this a, a relatively politically free zone on the show, so people have some kind everything's of everything's political. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. It's specifically uh, discussing certain things, uh, just to give people uh, some respite. But like, you know, y- it 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 then like whether you want to or not, it somehow becomes your persona. And I'm kind of curious if there is a if if because you are a kind of private person if like that is somehow a uh, a refuge for you like oh i i can talk about this topic i don't have to like go into my own personal life because i can talk about x this y or larger z. issue yes or this larger issue yeah. is there if is there something like that's like I don't know about comforting, but like, oh, okay, good. I am in public. I can show that I'm funny or that I, uh, I'm intelligent by talking about this thing. And I don't have to, I don't have to reveal a lot of deeper things if I don't want to. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think, I definitely think it's easier to pull from personal stuff, but maybe it's harder. Maybe it's harder for some, but I just, I just, I like the idea of being able to, you know, mine comedy from things outside of myself um, that said, you know, this next hour I'm working on does have some personal stuff, you know, just about, I'm, 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 I'm like working on it now. Um, not too personal, but I think, you know, I think that, uh, you know, for anyone who's not like a white dude, the personal is a political. So when you kind of have those two things like motherhood and like, uh, even just like be like getting older, like those are kinds of things that merge the two, especially for women. When you look at like reproductive rights policies and blah 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 blah. this is so funny this podcast <laughs> sorry i'm sorry um <laughs> i'm like so uh, uh but um yeah no I, i'm talking a little bit about like um that which it's like so funny because like I'll, i'm doing it on stage but even right now like i don't want to talk about like um like 
the, you know, the, like, <laughs> I can't even talk about it. But just, you can't even give us an example of something. Just like the idea of like, you know, like even trying to have a kid or something or wanting to have a kid. Like that whole mm-hmm. thing, I think, for women, we bump up against it in our late 30s. And I'm just like, I'm thinking about like, I'm so terrified of motherhood and being a mom. And it's like, because we all should be. I don't know why. Like, I, I'm, I admire people who aren't. Like our country and the planet are like inhospitable for women to be like moms. And I feel like anyone who's kind of bumping up against the clock or whatever is like, like it's just something that's very heavily on my mind. And I know Naomi, we've talked about that. Um, don't have them go get one. Okay. (laughs) Baby. We don't need fresh white people. Like just, you know, and it's like, I shouldn't be saying that. You know what I mean? To people. I really try to keep that to myself. We definitely had guests on a few episodes ago where I was literally, they were like, we're going to have another baby. And I was like, why? And it was my first thing. And it was like, you gotta, you gotta be respectful to people's life, (laughs) life choices. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of us and it's just going to get worse. So. Uh, keep speaking Wait, uh, hold on. the truth, Naomi. Okay. I want to. I want to refocus because we. Yeah. I, as, 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 as we can cut all this and start from the top. Let's talk about sex, baby. <laughs> as is the want when when uh, all of us get together is we are going to dig ourselves a hole that I we know. are then trying to get out of emotionally. But I no, no I'm curious because this I do think this is interesting, Jenna. Because you are not you are yourself on stage, right? You're not putting on something. So I'm kind of curious about this, like about where you where you draw the line and then like when you were younger like when you were a teenager were you kind of an open person or were you the same were you relatively the same kind of person you are now in terms of like keeping things back oh i don't think i hold things back i just don't talk about my personal life on stage like but that's not right, in public things i mean back. i guess i mean in public right like the kind of like where do you draw the line between the public and the personal persona I think, I mean, talk to anyone who knows, who's like known me for a while. I really am the same person, like even comedically as when I was little. I just, I mean, I think when I got into comedy, my comedy has probably gotten a little bit more humanity because when I was like beginning, I definitely was like playing a character and like, I love Sarah Silverman. She's one of my favorite comics. And I definitely looked up to her when I was starting and like, I was like doing a little bit more of a shtick and now I'm just like myself on stage. Um... But yeah, I mean, I think, I don't think I'm that private, but I think, I mean, I think like I'm lucky because I'm relatively obscure and I do feel like there's like, like anonymity is bliss. And I, I feel so bad for, you know, younger people who are really in the public eye because it just seems so scary. Like I was, Eliza Skinner was on the show last night and I'm going to try to quote her and it's not going to be as funny, but we were talking about this one actress that she has like tried to get in projects and everyone's like, that woman's crazy. And Eliza, I told her to put this in her comedy because it was so funny, but she's like, how, how is like a child star from the nineties, like not fucking bonkers. Do you know what I mean? Because it's like so much was asked of them and like, their personal lives are on display. And like, we're just in this moment also where you just, I think it's just safer if you just have a wall up between like your private life and your public stuff, just because I mean, for every reason, but we're just like in this like really creepy moment where you just don't, I just like don't want my stuff out there. My private stuff out there. 
Well, all right. You said you don't want private stuff out there, but I will be pivoting to something. What's with you and musicians? You seem to date a lot of musicians. Yeah. Okay. So this is a gotcha interview. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've always dated musicians. I don't know if you want to talk about that, but I'm just very. I'm fine. Really? No, I've always dated musicians. Like so notoriously like notorious cads, you know, like <laughs> men about town. Notorious so... men who are always on the road, you know. So here's the thing. I do think, and I've been with the same musician for over five years and we're now married. So, but I, I dated a lot of musicians. I felt like they got what I did, um, but they weren't competitive and they, um, they were weirdly the ones that I dated kind of feminist and, you know, definitely Josh and like other guys that I've dated who have been musicians. It just was like a good match. And I also, I tried to date non-performers um, I didn't have much success with comedians. I felt I, I just don't. Oh, I, I think male comedians are just a lot mm-hmm. of friends, but I, you know, it's not my thing. Um, so it just ended up being, you know, you're I, I think for women who are out there like, you know, few things are there's that old adage or whatever, where I don't know if it was like who said it first, but it was like the idea of like, you know, uh, men are afraid women will laugh at them and women are afraid men will kill them. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, I think for like female comics, there's something really scary about that for a lot of men. They're really afraid mm-hmm. of like a woman on stage with a microphone. But, but for some reason, musicians that I have dated weren't. So it just was like, mm-hmm. oh, this is like a guy who gets what I do. who's not threatened by it. And it's just kind of, and it's, it's like, it's hard to find, like, I've always been attracted to creative men and it's like hard to find, you know, like healthy creative people so <laughs> yeah 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 uh, uh look who you're telling sister <laughs> you know Welcome but to couples therapy yeah no, but yeah yeah no i get that i get the like kind of like it's i've always been like i have like a fragile ego but not in that like i only want to see you succeed naomi that's it's so weird to me to hear the like kind of I mean, I think we all, I, I don't think my ego is any more fragile than like any other human walking around. Mm-hmm. But like, I just the idea of like, well, why be in that relationship that I don't understand that where I don't know. <laughs> I also didn't really date. I mean, like I didn't have relationships before, before Josh. I had like a couple boyfriends that like maybe lasted five or six months max, but I didn't have anything beyond that because comedy was like my first love and I was it took so much energy to just do anything and and I've worked for really great people but like I like I always envied people who like you know worked at SNL because I think that not for everyone there but there is like some sort of like pipeline where like if you're lucky and talented you will get your stuff you will get into that family and then and then you can get stuff made after but like for Mm. jobs like when I was at Letterman I didn't ever, like he didn't even they didn't even put me on the show because they he had that sex scandal with like the um yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, with, intern yeah. or, or she yeah, they yeah, put, yeah. she kind of kind of looked like me so they're like we can't put like a young blonde woman on the show because they'll think whatever and uh. I mean so you know I'm I, my time there was short lived I was only there for a year but you know when I was at the Daily Show which was incredible there was also like that like division of like the behind camera people and the on camera mm. people. And so I've really, I feel like, you know, I've had, I've, I've had to work really, really hard to just like get my stuff out there. And I haven't really had time 
for like a real relationship until, you know, until Trump became president. I was going to say, are you going to talk about the fact that you thought the world was ending and that's what Until I thought the world was heart. ending and that allowed me to open my heart. Exactly. <laughs> well, no, wait, Jenna, you're Jewish. Uh, you didn't think the world was ending from moment one of of being uh, born? bored? Is that what you're saying? No, I think, I mean, I grew up in a very lucky time and place. You know, like, I think, um, I think that, like, the... 90s in like my little like New Jersey suburb it was pretty cushy you know mm-hmm. um it wasn't it was like like middle class it wasn't like uh bougie really um or anything like that but it was just like a comfortable you know like I I, I think about like um just us being part of the title nine generation which was like when they had like equal funding for men and women's sports and like how empowered women were like on my growing up, like the kicker on the football team was the captain of the girls' soccer team. We won state, our, like all of our female athletes mm-hmm. were, you know, winning states and just like, you know, Dave Ritajava, you know, my <laughs> high school friend. Um, but it was You're like, really I really. promoting a lot of men on this podcast. Yeah. Zach, <laughs> Dave. We don't have time for that. Okay? Yeah, we don't have time for that. But I think, like, I just, I, I and then also, uh, go, com- starting in comedy in, like, 2000, I started doing improv 2004, started doing stand-up 2006. From when I started in comedy to now, like, the amount of progress we've had for, like, women, for women of color, for disabled women and people, for, you know, like, LGBTQ plus people, like, it's been crazy in such a great way, and, um comedy wasn't like that. And and so I bring all this up because I think about like that Trump presidency and like, I think a lot of white women were like weirdly or like progressive white women were kind of um, thrown off by that because we were like oblivious yeah. to like right. racism and we were to the extent, you know, like uh, before people got cameras on their phones and you really could just like see how endemic it was. And I think Trump was like this kind of like jumping into the cold water of like, you know, sexism and racism and all of it. And so like that was a moment and I'm not proud that that was like, and it wasn't my, it wasn't my only wake up call, but I just don't think I, I think growing up in a kind of title nine generation, women can do anything world. And then seeing how many people voted for Trump after knowing that he like grabbed pussies and like maybe assaulted multiple multiple women like that was a real wake-up call to the level of like misogyny among men and women in our country that i don't think i really got before that right 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 and then you were like i need to find someone to get me through the apocalypse i was like it's a man's world and i'm just living in it so (laughs) yeah uh do you i feel like on that beautiful note we can take a quick break (laughs) yeah that's good uh we'll be right back after this 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. 
Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Can we take a minute and talk about Skims? Now, you know I'm a recent Skims convert, having tried their underwear in the last few months, and I am now living lifted, supported, changed. So I decided to keep trying new stuff. And let me tell you, Skims basics and foundations are where it's at. Yes, I recently got the soft, smoothing, seamless t-shirt. And y'all, it is so comfortable. It's been the perfect layer for me. I'm rocking it under a cardigan or a sweater when I want to keep it fitted and fabulous and not look all bulky. I mean, y'all know I'm back to work. Hashtag blessings. And I'm definitely that girl who is always cold in the office. Okay, I need my layers, but I'm still trying to look put together. And the soft, smoothing, seamless shirt is helping me get it right. And I also got the boyfriend t-shirt in Heather Gray, and it is so friggin' soft and comfortable, and it's giving casual but intentional when I wear it with a pair of jeans. I'm feeling very good in it. So if you want to give these and other basics a try, shop the Skims t-shirt shop at skims.com. Now available in sizes extra, extra small through 4X. Thank you for the range, Skims. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Again, that's skims.com. Go check out everything they've got in the new t-shirt shop. Dear listeners, Andy here doing the ad read again, and today we're talking about me undies. As the male half of couples therapy, I was asked to do this one because we're talking about boxers, which, and I hope I'm not breaking any confidences, Naomi does not wear. Now, if you're a podcast listener like me, you've heard plenty of ads for me undies, and frankly, I had always thought it's underwear. How special can it be? And then I tried them, and friends, it is like wearing magic. It is like wearing a dream. It is so soft, there is nothing earthly I can compare it to. I am embarrassed, absolutely embarrassed to say I'm middle-aged and just finding this out, but the material your underwear is made out of really does make a difference. I won't say where I usually get my boxers from, but for comparison, me undies are like wearing a cloud covered in angel's feathers, and the other ones I wear are like wearing a bear trap smothered in puke. Me undies got style for everyone, from all black classics to fun expressive prints in sizes extra small to 4XL. And they use sustainably sourced materials and work with partners that actually care for their workers. Also, I gotta point this out there is a particular technology that the folks at Me Undies would like me to discuss. Now, you know Naomi is sex negative and I am sex neutral, so I didn't wanna have to say what this technology is, so I asked friend of the show, friend in real life, Mort Burke, to say the phrase. So, okay, here it goes. For any listeners with penises and testicles, I can say medical words, I can say medical words, you might be interested in me undies sophisticated contoured pouch and ball caddy. What's that again, Mort? They're incredibly comfortable contoured pouch and ball caddy. Wonderful. Thanks, buddy. Okay, soft underwear comes in all packages at MeUndies. So to get 20% off your first order plus free shipping, go to MeUndies.com slash therapy. That's MeUndies.com slash therapy for 20% off plus free shipping. MeUndies, comfort from the outside in. 
Hey, y'all, wanted to pop in real quick and let you know that if you like what you hear and you want to support the show, there are a couple different ways. Most of our support comes from our wonderful Patreon community. For $5 a month, you get two bonus episodes of just us mostly spilling the tea mm-hmm. and occasionally searching for crazy bread in Los Angeles, plus lots of other bonus content. We love our page pals, and we couldn't do this without you. And if you want to join, go to patreon.com slash couples therapy pod. We also have merch, which includes Gotta Miss a Bitch and Jubu t-shirts, yeah. which you can find in the link tree in our Twitter or Insta bios. And for absolutely zero dollars, you can rate and review the show on Apple. Five stars, please. It'll only take 10 seconds and it helps us tremendously. Okay, that's it. We love you deeply. Now back to the show. And we're back with Jenna Friedman, honey, here to handle your scandal. We are going to answer some of your relationship cues, okay? As we've learned from Jenna, she is famously private, but will answer my questions when I force them on her. Jenna is a white feminist, but she's learning. That's the other strong takeaway. That's just what I say about all white feminists. (laughs) I go, but she's learning. Like, what does it even mean? Uh, I don't know. I just like it. Jenna, how do you feel about this so far? The, uh, The process of us forcing you out out of the uh out of the shadows <laughs> no it's fine it's it, it's all fine i i appreciate it i don't do i i really stopped doing podcasts because i just kind of i mean i don't know i i i'm into it don't worry about me don't worry about Everything's... it but i do expect to get 12 text messages tonight at around 11 p.m that are like can you cut this this, this? <laughs> no i don't think you've said anything i don't everything i think everything's fine Okay, good. I'm going to be happy. Yeah, yeah, I mean, no. you know what your audiences like appreciate and don't appreciate. So I trust you guys. Thank you so much. We trust you too. Yeah, Jenna. You know, we I don't say this uh, out loud often to friends, but you know, we love you and we love Josh. So oh, he doesn't say right, it out loud often. To oh, I right back at you. Thank you. I I love sweet. you guys. <laughs> oh my God, we're in love. So <laughs> we're so. In love. All you know, all this talk was also to give the listeners some yes. kind of context because yes. yes. we're about to answer some advice questions. And I, I usually I kind of just listen. Well, I only listen to about twenty seconds of every question, uh, <laughs> but I let the universe guide me. But this, I, I specifically chose questions for you, Jenna, that I thought you might have some expertise in. So uh, if you would like to leave a question of your own on the voicemail name. And what's that number? That is 323-524-7839. I can't believe I still have it memorized. All right, here we go. Hey, Andy and Naomi. I just left you a very rambling voicemail, and I'm going to try to leave you another one with my question a little bit tighter so it's easier for you to answer. Okay, so I am a Jew. I grew up in the Bible Belt. And um, since Trump was elected into office, I have been more open than, like, ever in my life, just telling people, like, yep, I'm Jewish. I was raised Jewish. Um, I don't go to temple. I don't even, you know, I'm, I'm pretty much agnostic. Um, but I'll always identify with it just so people are aware that they know a Jewish person, <laughs> that Jewish people are fine. I think that it's important, an important part of fighting anti-Semitism and just, um, yeah, making people more aware. So my question is this. Sometimes things come up in everyday conversation and they feel a little bit uncomfortable to me, but they're not so outwardly offensive that I know exactly how to respond. So I'm wondering how you would respond to things like this. I'll give you a couple examples. One, I had this old coworker and she would say things like, oh, my family is only Jewish in the name and the nose and otherwise like really disidentify with it. 
um, kind of rubs me the wrong way because it, you know, it's like the connotation that being Jewish is a bad thing or something you want to not associate yourself with. Um, so that's one. The other is that I met someone recently and she didn't know I was Jewish, but she was talking about how if she married her boyfriend, she didn't want to take her last name because it sounded really Jewish. Um, and she said that um, she would want him to change it or take her last name. What? And I know there's a long history of Jews in Hollywood changing their last names to sound um, not so Jewish. And it, it is a personal choice, but I'm, I just didn't know how to respond in the moment. And I want to be able to say something like, essentially, like, it's what's wrong with being Jewish or help someone question their own assumptions about that. Um, but I don't know how to do it without, like, getting mad or, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I just think people say a lot of things like that about Jewish people that they don't even think of as offensive, um, but they are. And they, these things have just, like, stuck with me. So I'm wondering what you think about this, particularly Andy, um, since I know that you have grown up in a place without a lot of Jewish people as a Jew. Um, yeah, just curious your thoughts, like how you would respond to things like that. And I love the show and look forward to hearing from you. Thanks. Bye. So anti-Semitic microaggressions. That <laughs> is how to deal with them. And Jenna, I think you grew up in a place with even fewer Jews than Reading. Oh, yeah. It was like me and David Rudijavo. Um, (laughs) 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 Naomi went to college with David. It it really was just us. And I I did have quite a few really weird experiences growing up um, that I learned. At least I learned about my own identity through them. Um, I think... I think it depends if the person is Jewish or if they're not Jewish. I think the the woman who said, like, in nose and name, I mean, you definitely can challenge them if you want. I, I it depends on how much, like, your, res- your reserves of, like, emotional energy and how much you want to spill them out on other people. Um, yeah. Uh, anti-Semitism is so ubiquitous and so hard to break down that one conversation with like a clot, like a Jewish person, I, I don't know, is going to really change anything. <laughs> um, <laughs> plant a tree in Israel. <laughs> that, even that is problematic. <laughs> Naomi's like, we're cutting that. <laughs> uh, it's really dicey. I don't, I don't know. I think, um, I don't know. You know, it's it's also really hard to unpack because in the culture war, you have like the Jared Kushner and Ivanka Jews and then you have like everyone else. And so it's just like really it's just like a weird it's weird. And um, uh, I, I wish I had a better answer. I think you can, you know, talk to people anytime you're feeling that something is anti-Semitic and just say, why do you feel that way if you want, you know, but it's a lot yeah. to take on. Yeah, that answer t- was so lukewarm. My mom would be so upset. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, by the way, Jenna, we are rating at the yeah, end. We are going to rate all your answers, and you're going to get a report card. Yeah, <laughs> and a punishment if it's lackluster. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, See. well, we've survived 57, 60, 70. How many? How old are we as Jews? It's a lot. We're tired, you know. And I think. <laughs> oh yeah, as Jews, we're all as old as uh, Methuselah. Are we not? How? 
Oh, I'm, I'm trying to put, what year is it? What <laughs> year in Jewish calendar? I like how I slip into Jackie Mason. 5871, where does the time go? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Andy, would you say anything? Would I? With a this is what happened, honestly, especially among someone. It, also, too, the nature of these conversations, it sounds like these people are like friends-ish, the, right? The people who say something to her. The God's honest truth is that when I, I'm anti-confrontational. I don't like being confrontational Same. in public because I do, this is really the thing. If I thought it ch- would change someone or change something, I would do it. And they're uh, like, it's not that I don't take a stand or don't say what I believe in, right? I, I, I do those kinds of things. But like when someone says something like that in public to me or says something like racist thinking that I'm on their side or something like that. I either don't say anything so that they get it mm-hmm. or if it's mild enough, I just like go, uh huh, mm-hmm. like give like a fake, uh, like a very obviously fake laugh because I just like, I, I don't know. I, I, I really have this like struggle with m- inside where I'm like, does, is it worth it? Is it worth it to get into it with this fucking like weirdo? That I'm talking to. I don't know all, all the time. And that's why I usually let it go. But maybe I should. I don't know. That's where I'm like. I'm wavering back and forth at, right now. Where I'm like. Maybe I should. Maybe it's, it is worth it. Maybe that'll make that. If you say like. If someone said like. If, a, if like a, uh, a Jewish person who is uh, uh, secular or whatever said. Hey, I'm only Jewish in. Uh, I don't know who this character is. Yep. Hey, I'm only Jewish <laughs> in uh, name and nose. I, I would probably just stare at them. And they would, uh, because I, I don't know, like, I'm like, why would Just you Just looking that? at their nose, wondering if it really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like waiting for them to sneeze a dreidel out. I don't know, like, I, that's the thing where it's like, I don't know why someone would say that. I don't know, like, and that, and in my head, I'm more like, like, if I'm confronted with this stuff, I'm more like trying to figure out who this fucking shithead is than I am concerned with like how to change hearts scold- minds. Yeah, scolding them or yeah. questioning them about the things they said like like i think though if someone said that to me and i was really like in a, a mood i might be like what do you mean by that i think what do you mean by that is uh, a way because then it puts yeah the that's onus a good one yeah on them to the, have to then start explain themselves and then you because that's when people get sweaty yeah, yeah, and then yeah, it's yeah, like it really people. Stopped. I think a, a lot of people are just it's it's a lot of like an it's an it's ignorance more than it is like malice in most cases. I think or yeah. I hope, and I do think that if you do just kind of to the listener, if you just kind of ask them or ask them a question like what you just suggested, Andy, and kind of and if you want to get into it and talk about it, I don't think that necessarily will hurt. I think people will thank you for it. Um, I think it's, to me, it's less about, like, the Jewish thing than, like, if it's, like, about, like, you know, I think a lot of, like, the cases I think about are, like, with, like, tra- like when you're talking about like, trans people or something, or, like, if somebody says something that is a little insensitive or inappropriate or, like, dead name someone, you can just kind of pull the, like, just, like, say, hey, just by the way, you know, and I think having having yeah. the conversations with people without the people feeling attacked is helpful because I do think we're, we are right now in this, like, attack mode, and I think that's also, like, why they're why people are like repelling because i think there's so little room for um yeah uh people to fail you know especially like on twitter everybody just attacks everybody so i do think having the conversations irl 
in a way that comes <laughs> yeah. from like empathy is probably the way to go. Yeah. 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 I, that's good. Cause I do think that like people try to take the Twitter mode. Like one of the things that I really appreciate about our listeners is that if we've never said anything like retrograde on the show, but sometimes like we have said stuff that people that, the, that like, I say this a lot on the show, but like if one person writes us, it's usually their problem. But if a couple people write us, then I know that maybe we said something that like wasn't the, the best way to phrase it. And then everyone's always very polite about it. And then, and mm-hmm. uh, in almost every case, uh, I'm like, oh, okay, you're right. And then we apologize or we, or whatever about, mm-hmm. you know, there's nothing, I don't think there's ever been anything to apologize for. But we I'm saying, issue like, a retraction. <laughs> we set the episode on, down. The, on the front page <laughs> of the podcast. But like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I think when people actually talk to each other, when they like communicate with each other that's not on Twitter, they tend to uh, be more charitable more measured, yeah. and more measured in their response to other people. And I think if someone is really bigoted, you know, I don't know what to do necessarily. If someone says something mildly bigoted, I like that. Uh, well, what do you mean by that? Because then it throws. Or they just get- asking the person why. I know I'm not Jewish, so I was like letting you guys take the lead. Yeah. But as someone who really enjoys disarming people when they're being dumb, and somehow I managed to get away with it. It's. I also think it's a, a thing of like. So for instance, the friend of yours who's like, well, I don't want to take his name, or I want him to take mine. It's like, uh. You know, and then her being like, why? And it's like, because it sounds, so let's say the girl's like, because it sounds so Jewish. Okay, why don't you want people to, why don't you want to sound, quote unquote, sound Jewish? Because the more you push somebody, it also like, you don't even have to have responses to the things this person says. I think when we talk about changing hearts and minds, it's just like, say it out loud. Say the thing out loud. Like, you can kind of get people to put stuff together themselves. And mm-hmm. also, if you don't, that lets you know who not to fuck with. Like, to me, it's like, find out if this person trash. And just kind of <laughs> ask them, just be like, why? Oh, you don't want to say, you know, oh, it sounds Jewish. People think I'm Jewish. They'll think I'm this, that, and the other. And be like, oh, okay, did you know I'm Jewish? I got to go, bye. Like, it's, you know what I mean? Like, it's, and again, it's not like that's so effortless. Don't get me wrong. And as you're saying, like, how, but it's like, you do want to know where people stand and you can find out where they stand and decide they're not for you without it being some big burn it to the ground conversation or argument or public, you know, meltdown. It can literally just be like, oh, that's a bum. I don't, that make me sad when you say that. Yeah. Because I'm Jewish. Like, he even says like, oh, like the person who says something about like, you know, like name and nose. And it's like, well, that didn't just help the culture. You know mm. what I mean? Like, you just yeah. didn't help the community with that one. You know, again, whatever your dynamic is. Also, though, if this person is at work, because you said former coworker, if that person says something like that at work, leave it the fuck alone. Don't say nothing at work. Anybody you got to see every damn day, everybody works with someone racist. So, just, <laughs> so everyone works with someone racist, sexist, anti-Semitic, where you're like, I just got to hush my mouth and make it to 530. You know, so unfortunately, that's with that. But with people who, you know, claim to be friends i say you know make them make them be honest make them answer that question <laughs> make them work for make it make them work <laughs> uh okay why don't we try this next by one. the way i you guys can ask me anything i don't I, I don't mean to um uh cock block your ability to do <laughs> your podcast you know what i mean so anything well, you want to ask me i know we're but doing. when okay i just don't want you to think i'm like withholding I don't want you to think I'm withholding. <laughs> Jetta, I'm gonna I'm gonna tap the sign. We love you and Josh. Tap the okay. sign. Tap the sign. Tap it. 
All right, here's another one. There's a sign behind us, and we're tapping it. It's imaginary. Hello, Naomi and Andy and potential guests. Um, I have a question about a work situation. So I work in a pretty typical office environment, open floor plan. Uh, We have been going back now in the past few months since everyone's uh, vaxxed up or required to be to be in the office. And um, I've been at this job for a little over two years, and I am struggling with not only adjusting to being around people after working from home for almost, you know, a year and a half, however long, but also I'm finding that I'm getting more easily frustrated and annoyed with my coworkers, particularly people in my department that I deal with and I sit near mostly. And again, reminder, it's an open floor plan. We have no division. It's all desks. It's not even cubicles. You know, everyone can see and hear everything and we're very close proximity to each other. Um, I think I have already kind of determined that this job is not really a good fit for me and I don't really feel like I fit in or belong with this department. Um, There's just a way of doing things that isn't a way that I think is good or the best and uh, yeah, just overall, it's it's not the best fit. And so ideally, I would enjoy a new job situation, but obviously that's not going to happen overnight. So my question is, is there a way to Are you hiring? <laughs> deal with this better than obviously the normal, like, you know, meditation, go for a walk, exercise, whatever, journaling? Um, also, I find that sometimes I can't contain my mood uh, uh-huh. and my, my frustration with my coworkers and um, I'm trying to walk a fine line between being civil, but I also don't want to be performative in my, you know, politeness or being overly nice when I feel like that's unnecessary. And I, like I said, I don't particularly like these people and don't feel like there's a really great vibe or relationship, but I understand this is a work situation. So, yes, I'm just struggling with how to deal with frustrating coworkers, but also finding a line that's not going to put more emotional labor on myself when I, um, you know, don't want to have to be fake and fake nice to people that I don't particularly like. Anyway, I hope to hear from you soon. Thanks. Bye. Okay. Okay. So it's basically how it's basically like how to get through work, but not be so nice that the coworkers think they can talk to you. Like you don't <laughs> want to invite them in, but you need to like vampires. Yes. Yeah, I I just thought about how awful it must be for everybody forced to talk to people during COVID. Like, we are lucky because we get to choose who we hang out with, you know, during this time. But it's like to have to talk to someone who might be harboring a pathogen. It's just a lot. <laughs> it's a lot emotionally. Yeah. And so I feel her pain, but also it is work. It's inherently performative. You know, it's mm. just... It just, it sucks that it's an open floor plan so she can't look for another job and get paid right. while she's doing it. Right. That's the hardest part. You know, if you can't find a place to turn your laptop and just do what you need to do. Um, it's a bummer, but yeah, I... Can you put up a giant plant? I just realized. Open floor plan, but it's something you can put on your desk that like blocks at least one side. So there's a person who you really don't want to look at. Can you put up like a giant an, something? An open floor plant open floor mm-hmm. or like a cute like a big q maybe like a q and on sticker <laughs> letter q oh okay uh-huh. like this is a dumb suggestion don't actually do this but uh turn yourself into a lunatic like just huh. it, don't yeah. actually i mean you know don't dive down this but like get a uh, a mug that says q and on get another mug that says 116 
or one six is our <laughs> is yeah. the new Independence Day, whatever. Like get all those. Or kind like of things. maybe yeah, or like the vaccine causes COVID. You know, yeah. maybe get a sticker. <laughs> yeah put those signs up and maybe no one will i mean there might be a, a more benign version of that like just saying you have covid instead of making up things you just literally have no. to be like no you don't say you're like or you I don't feel well today it's best i don't come in the office i'm sure legally they can't make you come in if you feel sick no they guess they can or they'll fire you that's what but that's saying, the whole thing was, that happened during the but pandemic you can still work from home like she she was doing her job from home for a year and a half so if she's like hey oh. i gotta stay home and almost set it up so that you like you know, you get. I got this- reinfected two weeks later. Exactly. You need to find a way to kind of get out, get out of there. Is there any way you can like only be in the office half the week, or only be in the office in the afternoons? Is there any way you can limit that time? You know, obviously while still getting your job done. Um, but well, like, but this is the thing I was thinking. What I was trying to say was like, don't turn yourself into. Don't like put on the uh, the skin of a, a QAnon lunatic, but can you turn yourself into that person in your office that no one wants to talk to? I see. Put a bunch of like yarn animals and uh, precious moments figurines on your desk. Eat and when something people... smelly. <laughs> mm-hmm. When people come to so talk to you. So you have bad breath. No yes. one's going to fire you for having bad breath. Yes. But just say <laughs> that, like, talk about like, uh, uh, well, God has a plan for you. Every time someone comes to talk to you <laughs> about something, say something, like something that like, like the, the boring people that like I used to work with uh, in offices that I wouldn't want to talk to unless I had to. Would oh would just like talked in cliches, and the reason I, and I didn't want to have to have like, uh, like boring chatter with them. Okay. So I would just say hello. I'd be pleasant of and course, polite, but I would just d- limit it to the actual interactions I needed to do that I needed for my job, and then let it go at that because they were so boring or so cliche. So you're t- telling her to be boring or cliche, just at work. Well, also, can you also keep headphones in your ears? Oh, that's a yes. that's actually, that's there a you good go, one. Naomi. You guys are so – it's so sweet how earnest you are <laughs> to try to help your listeners because I only am going for the jokes, but you guys are, like, actually giving them real advice that they can use that will help make their lives better. Well, that's what we do here, Jenna, every Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we do. Every Tuesday, we're here to help. And Lord knows I understand not liking people and having to be around them and yeah. jobs. like, And especially when I was younger, you know, temp jobs, internships. The greatest moment of my life was when my, I got my own office with a door. And then, of course, I got laid off maybe six or seven months later. I barely had time to relish in the door. But it's like, you know. That was at the art magazine? Yeah. Yeah. And it was like a nice office. Like, none of us were really like that, you know. you know. But I had one coworker. He would listen to podcasts. I feel like he was listening to podcasts before podcasts were podcasts. He always had headphones on. Always. And they were big, too. So you knew they were on. And he would just kind of do his work, but he would have that going. And it would, what it would make me do with him, because, again, he was never mean about it. But because he had headphones on, I didn't want to interrupt him unless I really had something to say. And it did probably cut down on people bothering him about stupid shit. (laughs) You know what I mean? And I'm like, if you can get away with that, and, again, it's open concept. And then if someone gives you shit about it, it's like, oh, I needed to concentrate. Mm-hmm. You know, because especially with an open concept, everybody fucking chattering and chewing and coughing and coveting. Good God, open concept. Can you wear a mask indoors? Can you wear like Probably. 
I would say wear a mask too, just to like give yourself some kind of like peace of mind. If that's not required, I want you to quit this job. Okay, I want you to quit. I want you to get a PPP loan <laughs> and get the hell out of there. If you are not oh, forced to wear a mask. So I got two final things to say. One, uh, I used to work this. Uh, I, I one of the worst jobs I ever worked was at this. Uh, uh, what was what it called? A like uh, a C-suite level staffing. Oh yeah, yeah, firm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it was just monstrous. The person, the the CEO was basically like, I understood Trump because the C- I worked for someone who was just like that, and it it just like it was just the most the toxic place I've ever been in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Naomi, I, I could every I, everything I did was monitored, but Naomi during the day would help. Uh, proofread my cover letters and it took a while I started looking for a job like a week after getting this one because it was so awful it took nine months to find something but Naomi helped me what I couldn't well I couldn't like look at my cover letters she would like proofread them for me then I would send them out when I got home yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you can have a friend or a loved one you help need an outside man help you gender neutral person yes then uh then try that and then the other thing is that helped me when i had a lot of terrible day jobs uh that helped get rid of because like one of the parts of the question was about like how do i get rid of this rage right Mm -hmm. uh naps find a place you can (laughs) nap whether it's the toilet uh when i worked for the uh what was the the place that did the sats college board the college board um it was in this building in manhattan that also housed like a place that made bibles and so in on the top (laughs) floor was a chapel and the chapel was never in use during the day so i would go up there and nap (laughs) and and you know what we know what after that nap refreshed refreshed reset reset oh oh come back down and you finish out the day you know you know don't abuse the privilege of napping <laughs> but uh i cannot i cannot say enough for that sneak away nap are you the jewish boy who sleeps in the chapel looks like a children's book exactly hey not a bad idea hey copyright <laughs> jenna copyright. let's write that let's write that jenna jenna our dear friend who we love Thank you for joining us today. Especially because you hate podcasts. We really appreciate you coming through. I don't like the music, I just so find them. That's not. A, I just find them disarming, and I'm afraid what I'm going to say. You know. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But yeah. if I say nothing, then I. Well, it's really nice. To <laughs> <up>. <laughs> okay, an uneasy sigh. That is how we like to end an interview, and it's funny because we thought, like, with a friend. It was going to be easier. Jenna <laughs> might have been one of the toughest guests I'm we've sorry. ever had. I'm sorry. I'll tell you everything this weekend when we hang out. I will tell you all. I will spill everything I've ever everything I've ever done. You're going to hear about it this weekend. Wow. Two drinks. If you had given me two drinks, I would be like. <laughs> Uh, we got to we got to title this one an uneasy sigh. <laughs> sigh, absolutely. I don't know what people who don't know me think I'm like. I must seem like a very boring prude because I'm just like. <laughs> You're just, pri- but I think that's the thing where it's just like I don't think there's anything wrong with being a private person. I think it, it's uh, 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 curious, but that, I think that's what makes it curious to me. Look, if yeah. I think of you as a thoughtful person. Yes. I think, like, Thank you're, you. You're serious about comedy. 
You know what I mean? Like I think, (laughs) (laughs) but I don't know. I think you're, you're very thoughtful about it and you're very smart and like you're out here going face to face with true evil in the world, (laughs) in in soft focus, in indefensible, like, you know, face to face with real pervs, real sick fucks. (laughs) McAfee was, I mean, I wouldn't call him that, but yes, to some of the other people, sure, yeah. Some of the other people, sure, okay? Some of the other people, sure. Yeah. People out here using gay panic defense. I'm like, all right, all right, you're a monster. Okay, guys, uneasy sigh, out. We'll see you next week. Bye! Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.